Now, Kenya's tax revenue for the month is up 19.4%. This largely driven by new taxes in accordance to the Finance Act of 2023. The increase in tax, however, comes a month after job losses grew at its fastest pace since the peak of the pandemic. Daniel Kavishia, who's Africa economist at RMB, joins us with his analysis of the tax coffers amid the current economic climate. Daniel, always a pleasure. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, dear. All right, let's talk about the decision by uh, the Kenyan government to increase taxes. I do assume that it was a desperate attempt to assist the fiscus, uh, but I also assume that it didn't come, uh, it wasn't easily welcomed uh, by Kenyans. Yeah, no, so there's this famous Finance Act bill really now in place, 2023, I guess the Finance Act, as it's called, it did receive quite a bit of pushback, in fact, to the extent that it had to go all the way up to the High Court earlier this year in terms of actually having it been passed into a legal document. Uh, prior to that, there was a lot of pushback, a lot based on a few tax uh, ordinances that one could argue are quite emotive. You know, if you think of some of the ones that were introduced, sort of VAT on petroleum products, which would have a broad-based effect on both consumers and businesses. You know, so there's a lot of pushback on how this would impact the consumer at a time when you know the economy was effectively still recovering from, I guess, what people tend to forget. But Kenya's actually been in a drought up until earlier this year, where they've started seeing decent rain, and this. Poor weather has been running since pretty much 2013, 2014, um, in addition to some of the broader challenges the world has seen across the pandemic and, as you know, Russia-Ukraine war. So the timing, yeah, people could argue, not great. Was it necessary to introduce this act and lift revenue? Absolutely so. And, you know, the first few months, like you aptly stated, you know, initially we saw revenues coming in uh, quite poor. In fact, early in the first quarter of this financial year, so that's the period ended September, they were running a tax shortfall of just over $79 billion. But it does seem coming into this October-November period that the new tax ordinances that have been introduced are starting to bear some of that fruit. I'm also keen to get uh, then the thoughts of what increased taxes in a high inflation environment does to the, uh, the Kenyan consumer, Daniel. In my mind, uh, it's, it's, it's all of the strain coming in at once. Uh, you know, of course, the interest rate picture not uh, also too good here. How, how strenuous mm-hmm. has this been on ordinary Kenyans? Look, I think the, the extent of some of these pressures are, are definitely being felt primarily because of the fuel cost line. You know, I think, you know, a lot of consumers were managing to muddle through on the basis of the fact that the whole world was going through an elevated inflationary environment. But I think the VAT on petroleum products was literally, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. And and I think seeing the recent increases uh, since, you know, coming into this period, we saw Kenya for the first time in shillings, petrol and diesel going north of that 200 Kenya shilling mark, right? So, you know, government is cognizant of this. We've seen them trying to stabilize some of these prices. You know, earlier this morning, we reported on pump prices sort of being stabilized for the November, December period. But you're absolutely right. You know, the inflation has ticked higher and it's primarily been on the back of this fuel. So, you know, consumers are are under strain. Um, The shilling in itself has been weakening for for quite some time now, which is not really supporting your broader, you know, import of products that consumers might be consuming. 
it's just going to be this type of scenario likely well into 2024 uh, until Kenya really stabilizes, you know, with a new government and sort of adjusts to this new sort of economic paradigm. Let's talk about uh, that. Is, are these measures possibly temporary? Uh, you know, for instance, here in South Africa, we, we speak of a period of mm. fiscal consolidation. One day, the sun will shine again and the fiscus will be as strong, uh, Daniel. Is this a similar case for uh, Kenya? So Kenya's recent sort of finance act, one could argue in, to, to a great extent, has been a long time coming. Mm. And, you know, politically, maybe, you know, introducing some of these ordinances you know, timing may not have been great. But if you think about from the moment they got into an IMF program, which is a few years ago, the question around their tax revenue as a percentage of GDP, which is hovering at about 19 to 20%, um, was quite low for an economy that was growing at the pace that it was. And the idea was this to lift naturally to over 25% of GDP by the end of you know, 2025, 2026. So in order to do that, it was quite clear new taxes needed to come online and you know, it was a matter of when are they instituted and to what degree. So for the longest time, you know, you've been running an expansionary policy that has been great for infrastructure development, but you've had the second leg of your fiscal arm really not seeing this massive improvement. And so, you know, they had to make some of these tough calls and they've opted to do it early on under Ruta's administration and the benefits of which would likely be seen much later. You know, other things that, you know, aptly stated, you know, we tend to forget is that the government is also looking to reduce corporate taxes, you know, meaningfully going into 2024, which should then bolster production within the country. So the new taxes or and, and statutes thereof have not purely been punitive. I think they've also introduced relief measures in areas where they think would stimulate growth. And that's really considering what's taking place in the business sector environment. So, you know, long term right in terms of policy direction, timing, one could argue, you know, just given some of the pressures that were already existing within the market. I must ask you, uh, Daniel, it is actually mm -hmm. easier to introduce new taxes, right, than it is uh, to try to uh, increase the tax base, uh, getting in people employed, uh, getting more businesses online. This is the low-hanging fruit, and many governments, actually not unique to Kenya, would possibly move in this direction sooner than they would try to rely on an expansion of that tax base. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of these are being done in, you say, collaboration mm. or in conjunction with tax efficiencies being introduced. So we have several countries in the market that are talking about moving over to e-taxes, you know, uh, sorry, e-filing systems. Um, Kenya in particular, you know, is talking about, you know, specifically this last month introducing and really becoming a little bit more diligent in terms of its invoicing from a tax basis being quite digital. They've introduced a digital tax as an example as well. So, you know, a lot of governments are starting to see that there are not only benefits of increasing efficiencies, but also tax in areas that, to your point, haven't necessarily been captured. So I think it's it's been done at the same time versus one or the other. And, you know, ideally, you know, what this should help produce is, you know, you have economies over time having a better indication of the totality of their tax base and being able to capitalize on that while they try and consolidate to the extent that they can the expenditure. A much harder exercise, um, like you aptly stated, given you know several countries struggle to reduce their OPEX really on the back of higher salaries 
or debt servicing costs that they are paying. Uh, the president, William Ruto, he has a tax revenue target, actually, and I'm wondering, uh, you know, what this target essentially means. Uh, now that they've increased taxes, Daniel, what can they do, you know, and with this target in mind, uh, what is the government trying to get a, a fiscal room to do? Of course, uh, there's lots of things that might be priorities for the Kenyan government, but what is maybe yeah. at top of their list here with an increased uh, tax revenue? So, I mean, they, they came in and, you know, said they're going to be putting in sort of an agenda around building better, um, targeting sectors within the economy that are capturing both the social aspects of the country. So the transfers have continued towards, you know, lower income people. They've introduced a hustler fund to support businesses that can then be able to either be formed or created over the next few years and they can generate employment and income. And then also taking a very targeted approach towards the agricultural sector. So, you know, whilst you know, you're hearing of these taxes, there's still subsidies around fertilizers because this is the key area of growth. You know, Kenya's economy, 20% of it more or less relies on, on agriculture. So there is a form of support to sectors that, you know, government believes will be able to generate revenue and would be quite appropriate to support the broader Kenyan population. It isn't simply, you know, a clampdown of let's introduce taxes without necessarily thinking around how else the economy would be growing. The other thing, of course, is we've seen with Ruta, he's taken a very firm view around the broader change towards ESG, championing himself during the Africa Climate Summit earlier this year, and really targeting a lot of his engagements with, you know, the West or the East around increasing climate financing for a country like Kenya. Right. So, you know, initially we already saw funding in areas like the Resilient Sustainability Facility from the IMF. But now, since the ACS and going into COP28, we're going to be expecting more funding being given from a bilateral basis to support a greener economy for Kenya. So, so yes, there are sort of areas in the economies and sectors where Kenya would likely see a lift in growth. It just takes a little bit more time before we can actually, you know, be able to yield the fruits of this. You know, traditionally, you've relied on infrastructure sector and construction to be the stalwart of some of this growth, but it doesn't generate the same level of return as you would see if you had a more targeted approach to other sectors. And that's been Ruto's argument. And honestly, it's going to be a wait and see, but you know, it, it does seem that the economy, you know, our estimates growing in between five and six over the next few years tells us that it's still quite strong um, you know, relative to some of its neighbors. It sounds like there's a plan there, Daniel. And thank you so much yeah. for speaking to us about Kenya. Very interesting to hear what's happening in that part of the world. Thank you for your time today. That was RMB Africa's economist, Daniel Kavishi.